This is the Morning Drive on FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Tuesday morning, the next to the last day of January 2024. It's just flying by here. And we are pleased to have joining us now online is Vermont's state economist, Tom Kaved. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, guys. Uh, so, Tom, first, can you tell us, uh, so just for our listening audience, um, there are basically two state economists, right? One is, is sort of represents the governor's office and one represents the legislature. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. One uh, works for the administration, the other for the legislature. And um, we uh, produce independent economic analyses, but we also do uh, consensus work when asked to and uh, around budget issues and things like that. Uh, for a long time now, we've been uh, doing consensus forecasts. And that was something that the two of us came up with after we saw how confusing and chaotic it can be when there are two uh, sets of forecasts about what, what's going to happen to budgets uh, uh, during a legislative session. And that's you and Jeff Carr. That's correct, yeah. And so uh, tell us a little bit about what the report that you just gave to the legislature was. Obviously, there's been a lot of concern that federal money has dried up, and uh, the governor's talked about it, of course, in his state of the state and budget address. Um, but the report that you gave to the legislature was uh, a, you were you had some numbers that were a little surprising. Well, it's it, really the changes are are tiny. So, you know, granted, they're a little bit higher, so that's, that's easier to swallow than if they are a little bit worse. But, you know, we were forecasting uh, a decline in, in pick the largest fund, general fund revenue of about five, over 5%. Uh, and now the decline is only going to be 4.2%. So, you know, nothing to be celebrating about, but things are a little bit better because the economy is a little bit better. We're, we're, we are like uh, relative to expectations that, last July, which is the last time we did this exercise, we do it twice a year, um, we're, we're really about a uh, between 1% and 2% at variance. That's about as close as you get. And uh, the changes that we're making are relatively small, but they're a little bit positive. So that's, you know, that's, a, that's where we're at. And is that, are these numbers tied to the national economy starting to rebound, or is it more a signal of the strength of Vermont's economy? Uh, it's it's really tied to the national economy. So, you know, inflation came back down a little bit uh, uh, faster than a lot of people expected. I still think it's going to be uh, uh, some tough sledding, and you know, in the last little bit, just because of some of the delayed uh, responses that are involved in the lags. But um, uh, the economy has been performing remarkably well. Uh, GDP growth. Last read was 3.3%. That's significantly above uh, uh, long-term trend, and and uh, uh, before that was quarter before it was 4.9%. Uh, we've seen unemployment stay relatively low, even with these unprecedented increases in interest rates. And so, even though the federal new federal money isn't coming in, there's a lot of unspent federal money that's already come in. And you see that in state cash balances, which are over $2 billion right now. 
Uh, and uh, that's money that's slated to be spent. Some of it's, you know, COVID money. Some of it's infrastructure money. Some of it's, you know, there are a lot of different things. But that money's uh, going to be expended over the next two years. And that's, that's providing support uh, to the economy as well as a lot of uh, wealth increases that occurred with individuals during the pandemic period. All right, we got a call for you. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, this is Gene from Burlington. Uh, this is not really connected to economics so much, but I'm calling about the primary coming up, the presidential primary. Is uh, it okay to talk about that now? No, no, we're talking to the state economist right now. Thank you. Um, so my concern is that uh, there's two billion dollars in cash in the bank for the state of Vermont. And a lot of it's slated, but if it's if it's all spent too quickly, um, that's going to isn't that going to have an impact on in, inflation um, and un, unemployment and, and tightening of, of of everything? It has to kind of be parsed out, or, or that could in itself cause a problem. Yeah, it, it, that's absolutely true, and that's one of the delayed things that I think is going to keep. Uh, uh, inflation, it'll make it harder to bring inflation all the way back down to where, where it's supposed to be. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, we've got, uh, a, a couple billion and, and, and it has to be spent, most of it has to be spent by certain, you know, time periods. Uh, and with inflation, notably, it's, it's going to buy a lot less than people thought it would buy when it was first passed. Uh, cause prices are going up. And, you know, especially with construction and uh, the kinds of uh, projects that it's uh, intended for. Yeah, and my concern is that, that, that all that money is going to be competing literally with itself. For, yeah, well, with, for the private, with private, yeah, with private sector stuff and, uh, yeah, and, and just imagine if Little Vermont has $2 billion in the bank, virtually every state in the nation received funding of this sort on a per, per capita basis we did better than than a lot of states than most actually but still th- that's kind of the dry powder that's in the wings and so that's going to be deployed all over the country and yeah it's going to be uh, deployed at a time that labor markets are already pretty tight very tight and uh, so that's that's acting as an offset to the high interest rates uh, it, it has been, and it will be for a little bit. And I and I just wonder if if there was any conversation. I mean, I, the state has we're we're at the mercy of the feds, but if they didn't force everybody to spend it all at once, wouldn't wouldn't that be better overall? Yeah, that would that would be better. It would probably be more efficient. Um, but if anything, at the federal level, as you probably know they're talking even about trying to claw back some of the pandemic money. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean the pandemic is essentially over. You can say there are a lot of impacts that, uh, you know, still are being felt, but is it the federal government's job to offset every single negative impact? I don't know. It's an awful lot of money to be required to do that sort of thing. And, uh, Tom, it looked like um, at some point last year that, I mean, people actually were starting to believe that we were actually going into a recession, that we've actually started one. But it looks like now uh, the forecast is that we uh, or you think that we will be avoiding a recession, but at the same time, uh, we're going to have a slowdown? That's right. That's right. So, you know, the, the 
the fear of a recession was based on these interest rate increases. And if you look at the times in the past that the Federal Reserve has tried to slow the economy a little bit by raising interest rates and with all the lags involved, they raise the rates, they don't get exactly what they want, they raise them more, they end up raising them too much, economy flips into recession, and then they, you know, try to pull them back down, but there's a lot of pain. So to raise rates just the right amount, not really to tip the economy into recession is a very difficult thing. It's this so-called soft landing. And so that's what they've been aiming for, and uh, it's just rarely achieved. So lots of people had assumed that there would be a recession in 2023. We weren't among them, but we had a pronounced slowdown. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the slowdown is still there because the interest rates are really high and they're stuck there, but all these offsetting things are, are blunting the effects of that. But it, So we're, we're not saying there will be a recession, but it'll feel like a recession for, for uh, some sectors especially. And uh, what? And by the way, we're talking to Tom Cavett, one of Vermont State economists. If you have a question for Tom, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline. If we missed your call, give us a call back, 888-414-0303. And which sectors of the economy, Tom, do you think will be the ones that will be negatively hit? Well, they're already being negatively hit, but credit-sensitive sectors like housing and uh, uh, big-ticket items that have to be financed, so vehicles. Uh, you know, we've seen vehicle sales and related tax revenues get dented by uh, the high interest rates. I think 80% of all new cars are financed and 40% of used cars are. And, uh, um, you know, most new housing also. So uh, it, it has, has really impacted uh, residential real estate and uh, uh, any big ticket item, anything requiring financing. So a lot of Startup businesses and things like that that would have started are the cost of capital is higher. There is, however, a lot of private financing. Uh, uh, so that's another thing that's kind of blunting the normal channels uh, that higher interest rates work through. So there's still a lot of venture capital out there, even though the banks are tightening. Yeah, it's venture capital and then just, you know, individuals with high net worth and uh, you know, financing arms that are private, yep. and that's a bigger, bigger chunk of, uh, of of the financing world than has been the case in the past. And particularly in Vermont, uh, it, it is it's larger than the national average, I think. Anyway, um, let's let's go to the phones. I got a call for you. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, good morning, everyone. Thanks for this insightful information. I have a question. My question regards, I'm seeing a lot of industries, instead of looking to hire the employees and labor that have gotten more expensive, they're taking that that money for employees they were going to hire and redirecting it towards AI and automation to mitigate the need for people in the services industry. So what I'm seeing, what we're seeing is this redirection of monies from employees to technology to eliminate the need for employees, which subsequently will bring down their costs and make them more productive. What are your thoughts about that? What are you seeing? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, and that is absolutely happening. 
companies are always trying to minimize their costs, and labor costs are a big part of a lot of businesses, especially service businesses. And uh, productivity gains, which is essentially what uh, the, the way that shows up in kind of total economic equation, uh, is uh, it, is is how that plays through. So you could invest in capital or machinery that makes workers output per worker higher, or you can substitute for some of it with something like AI, which is a machine doing work that people would have done before. And, you know, that's what it shows up as, is as higher productivity. And that results in more profitability to the owners and the capacity to pay the existing workers, the remaining workers more if they so choose or need to. So when the labor market's as tight as it is, and it's hard to to uh, uh, find hires, if they can make their existing employees more productive, they're going to do it, and that's happening. And AI is a new wrinkle in that. It's uh, you know affecting you know certain sectors more than others, but it's uh, uh, it's getting a lot of attention right now. Well, the other the other. Uh downside if you look at uh, revenue for the state is those those machines don't pay uh, income tax <laughs> yeah the corporations do but uh, yeah the machines <laughs> machines don't There's yeah, not a fewer a workers on, yeah. yeah yeah I and I, I know that, that I, I hear I hear stories that uh, there's there's some manufacturing facilities uh, in Chittenden County that are you know four or five positions a month are being eliminated Um uh, my nephew actually is one of the people implementing the machines, replacing the humans. So I'm happy for him, but I'm not so happy for the five people that lose their jobs every month. <laughs> yeah, and this is, you know, this is a feature of economic change over time, you know, way back to the Industrial Revolution and even before. You know, is there some new technology, some new way to do something, and it's it's disruptive and displaces people and... Uh, it's important that there are social services and 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 safety nets to to retrain and all the rest. But if there's a better and more efficient way to do something, generally speaking, that's going to end up being good in the long run. But uh, there can be short-term pain for sure. Well, and let me ask you from like the thirty thousand foot level. I think Vermont is positioned in a better. I think we're positioned better than a lot of other areas in the country because we don't stand on primarily just one leg. So if we do lose manufacturing jobs, we have a real strong service sector and tourism and things. So how do you feel about, the, with that just said, the efficiencies of AI and things? What do you look at in the next five or ten years? How do you feel Vermont is positioned uh, in contrast to some of the other areas in the country? Well, there are pros and cons. You know, the... the the pandemic era shift to open up remote work in a way that just hadn't existed before is, is generally speaking, a big plus for Vermont. So, you know, you don't have to be in New York City to do New York City paying work if people are comfortable with remote meetings, remote communication, collaboration that occurs, uh, you know, uh, virtually. So, that, you know, allows us to be competitive in areas that we weren't before um, and, you know, as a plus. But, uh, you know, nationally there are 
demographic challenges and, uh, you know, an, an older population in Vermont. I don't think it's the kind of the sky is falling uh, uh, interpretations that some people give to it. Um, the the, popula- the the older population in Vermont happens to be comparatively wealthy. Uh, so actually tax revenues, income tax revenues uh, per filer for people over 65 uh, consistently is above the, the per capita filing levels for people under 65. So it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not a disaster. There are, there are pros and cons to everything, but there are areas in which it advantages uh, Vermont. And uh, I, I think that, you know, overall that diversity you mentioned is a real, is an important plus to the economy. We're talking to Tom Cavett this morning. He is Vermont State Economist. If you have a question for Tom, we've got him for a few more minutes. Give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Tom, let's talk just a little bit more about inflation. You've got this great, in your report, you've got this great little cartoon that has a husband talking to a wife, and the husband says, inflation is cooling, unemployment is down, and Wall Street is optimistic. Why are you so glum? And then she looks at her shopping list and and the ticker from the from the store says i just did the shopping um what uh in terms of inflation um it's obviously down from the high of what was it nine percent overall now it's 3.7 percent or something like that but how is it in regard to household essentials that i mean it's sort of going to that cartoon where people it seems like people are still when they're asked about the economy are still pretty glum and still pretty negative about it yeah, well, consumer sentiment has been uh, incredibly pessimistic relative to the numbers that uh, you know that that we use to track the economy, and I think one of the reasons is that in, that even though in, the rate of increase has slowed from nine percent to really about three, it's been been between uh, three and three seven since June, but is you know, bouncing around at the lower end end of that right now. But relative to pre-pandemic, and there are a bunch of charts in that report or tables actually that show the items that have increased the most since 2000, since February of 2020. And a lot of those are things that people have to, you know, have to buy and buy on a regular basis, like fuel and energy products and food. And so I think that, you know, that's what registers with people. You see the prices of gas every time you drive down the road. There's big signs. And every time you buy food, you know, you're, you're confronted with the, those realities. So in the last year, wages have more than just kept pace with inflation. But there, there is this sense that, you know, prices aren't going down for the most part. There will be products within that that will go up or down, like the price of eggs at one point was was sky high because there was avian flu affecting supply chains uh, in the United States. And they're lower, but they're still higher than they were pre-pandemic. And so that's what people feel. But there's also a, a, a chart in there that shows consumer sentiment by political affiliation. And that's something the University of Michigan has been collecting for a while. But there's also enormous disparity, much more so than before 
than than say uh, uh, pre uh, uh, Trump period. Uh, much more disparity by political affiliation as to how the economy is doing. So the the news and commentary shapes what people feel about it, regardless of the numbers as well. And that's going on too. And Tom, so. For the Vermont legislature, what is the biggest message that you would impart to the Vermont legislature? What, what should legislators take out of this? Well, there are tough choices ahead because anytime revenue is declining in your biggest funds and actually without the fee increases in the transportation fund, there would be a decline in that fund also. Uh, anytime they're declining, it's it's hard. You know, you you know, Kurt, um, you know, if there's there's more money than and things are growing fast and you can cut taxes or you can spend more on things you think are important. And when the opposite's happening and that's what's happening now, there, there needs to be, you know, you need, you need to either cut back, uh, or, or generate more revenue in some way. So those are hard choices that have to be made. And that's really the situation we're in. So even though the numbers are a little bit better than anticipated, it still is going to be a, a tough time with, with budget issues uh, in, in regard in for the legislature and the governor. Yeah, I think that, you know, a, a lot of the press takeaway from the, the emergency board meeting with the governor was, Oh, things are, things are better. We get a little, we got, we have some more money. And so that's good. Uh, you know, this idea of a soft landing land, a forced landing when you're flying to extend the analogy a little bit is, is never a good thing. So, yeah, great if you can put the plane down softly, but too bad that you have to land at all. That's a big <laughs> slowdown. So, so uh, you know, maybe you can just touch the wheels and then take back off. That would be great. But, you know, it's it, that's not an optimal situation. So that there, <laughs> some of the headlines might have not got quite to the full story, the, the full picture. This is always the case, you know, and so it's, it's useful when – Guys like you can get a little deeper into the story and and uh, and others, but yeah, uh, quite often it's it's just sort of uh, you know a few lines up or down and you know that sort of thing. Tom, yeah. thanks for being on the yeah. morning drive today and shedding some light on on all that. That's that was, that was great. We appreciate it. Yeah, good. Take care, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks, Tom. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to uh, then j- chat with um, uh, who is it? Steve, Steve. Kirpin. Phil Kirpin or Steve Kirpin? Oh, from, I wrote, it's, it's yeah. uh, Phil Kirpin. Phil sorry. Kirpin. I might from, have, maybe I wrote it wrong. Sorry. He's going to talk about uh, regulations of Wi-Fi. We're moving around today. We'll be back on The Morning Drive.